It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda. A double shot of Catholicism and conversation to start your day off right. On the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. Early to bed, early to rise. I makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. But daylight savings is a crying shame. And old Ben Franklin is the one to blame. Straight forward. Straight forward. Fall back. And a very good Monday morning to you, March 13th, 7 a.m. Daylight Savings Time. It is the Brenda and Patrick week on. The morning blend. Thank you for tuning in an hour early. How did David plan this? Uh, he. This was a good week for him to be <laughs> off to ease into this. Good morning, Patrick. Good kind morning, of a Brenda. Wet daylight savings. Kind of a morning out there. It's one of those mornings when you want to sleep in, but I couldn't do that today, thanks to David, and I had to get up extra early. So I got up at four thirty, and the way I was calculating my body clock, uh, that's three thirty in the morning. It is three thirty in the morning. Now, David and I. Uh, we have our own internal uh, campaign to uh, keep everybody at standard time. We are not fans of this daylight savings time. Where do you fall on that? Do you do you don't mind the change back and forth? Oh, or? no, I don't like it at all. But from what I understand, the way the law would be is that the daylight savings time will be permanent. So this could be the last time if they, I don't think they're going to pass it, but the if they do, be. this could be the last time we will not fall back. We will just stay right here. That's, I think, the plan that they exactly. want to adapt. So We'll see. I don't know. I think we've been saying that for a couple of years now, but it doesn't seem to be moving forward in any direction. So it is dark once again in the morning. There, It was getting light at this time of the day. We were really starting to notice by 7 o'clock the light, the, the sun was up and, and we were ready to go. Now it's shifted again, so it's dark again in the morning. But... We're really going to notice it in the afternoon, especially here in the Pacific Northwest. You know, we're so far north that, you know, I like that. As, as we gain these daylight hours, we're going to recognize between now and, well, the beginning of summer. I think the sun goes down. It's like 930 or something in the evening. So Yeah, we almost get to 10 o'clock in the summer. So, yeah, I kind of like that. Okay. So you shift it. So, all right. Well, nonetheless, it'll take us a little bit of time. But, Patrick, we're glad you're here all week to help us get readjusted. It just makes the March madness even matter, doesn't it? So did you spend your weekend <laughs> kind of keeping updated on Oh, the, I did. I had, a, I had a bracket party yesterday. Uh, of course, went to Mass in the morning. You know, got to take care of that. Of and then started, when I got home, started the barbecue up and getting ready for the announcements of the brackets. And I, I was all ready. Yeah. So oh. I, I'm set. And I... Uh, already uh, filling my brackets out, getting ready to go with that. So, you know, I have to tell you, I like Gonzaga. Do you really? I like Gonzaga. And that kind of pains me a little bit to say that. But uh, (laughs) just looking at the way the brackets are breaking, the the Zags could do it. Yeah, Yeah, Kansas too. Uh, I'm a Baylor Bear fan, so they're in there. But uh, I just, I I don't see them getting by Alabama. But uh, yeah, so the Zags are my dark horse. Okay. Uh, This is the time of year where I make my annual call to my nephew, Alex, in Georgia. 
because he always fills out my brackets for me when I get to the he'll tell me the final four which he thinks will be a good shot and then I fill out backwards from there that's kind of my methodology of getting getting the brackets ah, filled out okay. I okay. go with the four that I think are there uh, so I think that uh, yeah it's March Madness time so we'll and be they're playing that. they're playing the final four and back in my area in Dallas. in Dallas yeah so it's always such a great time of year. So I did not uh, watch any sports. In fact, I actually didn't watch any television this weekend until I got home last night. I was on a Lenten retreat. Oh. And I tell you, it is so renewing. If you have ever nice. thought about going on retreat and you think, uh, you know, I, I tell you. And I feel that same way, too, because it's it's an effort to pack and make sure everybody's taking care of the house. And then we drive north, of course, because we are Archdiocese of Seattle. And I just think, oh, OK, it's it's going to be work. But then once I get there and I see our friends, we had such a wonderful retreat director. Incredible story of uh, Father Jim. He's a priest in the Archdiocese of Seattle. He uh, was diagnosed with ALS. Wow. Uh, a number of years ago, and his deacon are his arms and legs that keep him going. And it was such a beautiful experience and and such a beautiful um, relationship between a priest and a deacon. I think that I've seen that they just really are so committed to serving the people of God and the Lord. And so it was a really wonderful weekend. You're glowing. I can see that. I love it. I'm I'm going on retreat this weekend. So uh, going down to Mount Angel Saturday and then out to the coast to celebrate St. Joseph's Feast Day, which is a week from today. That's right. And if you aren't familiar with it, in Cloverdale is St. Joseph's Parish, a 100-year-old church. And I thought that would be a great way to celebrate St. Joseph going over there. So you've got me inspired for the well, retreat. Yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> well, after this a week, Patrick, and getting up early all week long, you're going to be ready for a retreat. Uh, I'm, I'm drinking the coffee. I'm ready to go today. Right. Well, what do you got coming up? <laughs> got all kinds of fun. Beyond that, the Portland Pilots ladies basketball team playing in the NCAA Women's Conference Star Championships. We'll tell you all about the fun that they had on the bluff yesterday. Getting ready for that. And I think I think there was an award ceremony last night. Um, there they gave out been. some of those little statues. Some people dressed up <laughs> real nicely in Los Angeles. We're going to run down the Oscar winners and some of the losers also we're going to commemorate our pope pope francis 10 years 10 years doesn't today. seem like it well we've got a great show ahead for you this monday morning here is dana catherine my savior in me you are listening to the morning blend right here at mater day radio the bridge between your faith and everyday life tell me lord tell me lord how can it be that you choose to use someone like me someone like me couple billion people in this world yeah you have chosen to use somebody so unworthy i'm just another pen you're putting to the paper a reflection
Catherine with my savior in me. It's 710 right here at Mater Day Radio. Well, they are such a vital resource for families facing end of life of a loved one. But before he left, David had a chance to talk with Laura Lorette from Mount Hood Hospice. That's coming up after weather. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. This is Father Eric Anderson, pastor of St. Stephen's Catholic Church in Portland, Oregon. Please join me in praying a morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. O God, in union with the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer Thee the precious blood of Jesus from all the altars throughout the world, joining with it the offering of my every thought, word, and action of this day. O Jesus, I desire today to gain every indulgence and merit that I can and offer them together with myself to Mary Immaculate, that she may best apply them in the interests of the most sacred heart. Precious blood of Jesus, save us. Sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, or to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdeiradio.com. At Mater Dei Radio, everything we do is meant to illuminate the truth of Christ. From starting the day with David and Brenda on the morning blend to closing the night with the mysteries of the rosary, we're devoted to leading souls into the way, the truth, and the life of Jesus. Mark your calendar for April 17th through 21st as we seek the truth during Mater Dei Radio's 2023 Spring Share-A-Thon. 
It's going to be a week of joyful celebration, and you can be a big part of it by helping us build a strong matching fund. Your support now will have a deep impact on Mockerday Radio's success in April by providing a strong incentive for our share listeners to match your prayerful giving. To learn more and make your matching gift, go now to MotterdayRadio.com or the Hail Mary Media app and seek the truth during our 2023 Spring share at Mockerday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It is 7.13 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, steady rain continues to fall in the valley. More snow in the upper levels in the mountains as another atmospheric river settles in over the region. That morning commute going to be a soggy one, so please take a little bit of extra time this morning. Now, highs today going to stay in the upper 40s. Rain showers slowly begin to let up as we move through the afternoon. So this evening, we're going to cool off to the lower 30s, and then looks like we begin to dry out. Patrick, dare I say, we are toying with that 60-degree mark this week. We actually might be seeing spring showing up. I can't wait for that. Right now, rain coming down. It's 49 in downtown Eugene at St. Mary Parish. And it is 46 degrees at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Vancouver. Well, coming up on April 7th, Mount Hood Hospice, a member of Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle, will be opening an event titled Grief Made Visible. It really is a special opportunity to showcase works of art. To give us an explanation of the art show is Mount Hood Hospice's Director of Bereavement Services, Laura Lorette, and she joins us this morning. Good morning, Laura. Great to talk with you. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Well, so you are the Director of Bereavement Services, as I said, at Mount Hood Hospice. So tell me a little bit about your position, what you do before we get into the event itself. Absolutely. So my position is multifaceted. I am here to support families and friends of our patients who have died on service for a year. So there are some things specific to them that I do kind of behind the scenes. And then I also offer a caregiver support group as well as grief education and grief support groups that are general community resources. So no one has to be connected to Mount Hood Hospice to partake in those group offerings. Those are just a free community resource that we offer to anyone who might be needing support while accompanying someone through an advanced illness or after the death if they're needing support and the adjustment process that follows. Mm, I see. And I, I see you do have a number of activities, which we'll get into. But I did want to talk first about your grief made visible. Again, this starts on mm-hmm. April 7th. And tell us about this art show. As I said, it really is special. Yes, we are thrilled to be offering it. It's the first time we're doing something like this. And I am fortunate in that for the last six months, I have had an art therapy student from Lewis and Clark's master's program with me who's been doing some art groups. And this term, she asked if we could maybe do some kind of exhibition of the work that's being created in those groups that she's been offering, which has now snowballed into inviting all of our past cohorts of writing groups to share their work as well, and a local coffee shop, the Ant Farm Cafe in Sandy, Oregon, where we're based, is going to be hosting that show for the month of April. So we'll have writing that people have created in our Breathe, Move, Write group um, that combines breath movement practices, literary readings, and writing prompts. 
as well as individuals who have been participating in the art groups that my intern has been running. Um, so we'll have some visual art displays as well that will be open and available during business hours at the Ant Farm for people to go see the whole month of April. And the official show opening is Friday, April 7th from 5 to 7 p.m. And this is going to go all April, all through April? Yeah, it'll be on display through the month of April. They do a first Friday show opening every month for whatever art is being displayed that month. And then it stays up for the entire month of the show. Oh, wonderful. So have you had an opportunity to view or read any of the uh, things that are going to be on display? Yes. So um, I am the one who does all of our groups. So I've gotten to actually be part of the creation process for all of them. But a lot of our members have submitted writings that they've done in past groups. Um, and they're really just powerful, vulnerable, beautiful um, renderings of the complexity and scope that grief can take us. It's not just about sorrow and sadness. It's about a lot of other emotions that come up as part of that adjustment process after a relationship has ended due to a death. Right, and I've got to believe, too, this is somewhat of a outlet for folks, if you will, to be able to express themselves. Absolutely. The purpose behind the groups is to really help people create some internal resources for themselves to support themselves when those feelings get intense. And a wonderful side effect of being in a group is that they also make connection with each other. They hear other people telling their stories with different details and so it really can help break down the isolation that is pretty common for folks who are adjusting after a death loss. There's this weird sense of timelines in our community that after three months, people should just be over it. And after a year, they should definitely have moved on. And none of that is actually true. Those natural supports start falling away pretty soon after a death loss. But for the person who's grieving, it can last for a really long time because there's infinite numbers of losses that accompany the death of someone. There's an identity transformation that usually happens. And so having a space where people are able to really connect and create community and hear each other and hold whatever is coming up and the wide range of emotions that might be coming up has been a really beautiful thing to witness. And the writings and the artwork that are coming out of it show show the intensity of people's experiences in that adjustment process. Again, we're speaking with Laura Lorette. She is Mount Hood Hospice's Director of Bereavement Services. They will be starting a Grief Made Visible art show on April 7th from 5 to 7 p.m. going to be at the Ant Farm in Sandy, Oregon, and that'll run all through the month of April. I have to believe, too, Laura, that through programs like this, it is an opportunity for folks who are going through grief with the loss of a loved one to develop some friendships there, too, and some relationships with people that they are working with in this process. Yes. So it's been really fascinating, even with our online groups where people aren't physically sharing space. I always leave the chat box open as kind of a, a substitute for the parking lot. And it's not uncommon for people to let me know that they're getting together for coffee or going on walks or getting together to just continue that support or sending messages to check in with each other. And the same thing is happening now that we have in-person groups. It's pretty common that the folks who come to our in-person group 
go out to lunch together afterwards. That's not something I organize. It just seems to spontaneously happen fairly regularly that that's what occurs. And so it's really building that social support network of people who understand and can hold whatever somebody might need to have witnessed um, right. during their journey. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and, and you have other events and activities going on throughout the year, too, even though Grief Made Visible is a new one, but I'm just looking at some of the opportunities that you have there, some of them that deals with education, like mm-hmm. breathing and living with grief, and some classes in that regard. Tell me about that. Yeah. So we have ongoing weekly support groups. There's a general grief one, as well as one for folks who maybe had some difficult aspects to the relationship. So perhaps mental health, um, abuse was part of the history or dynamic, substance use, suicide. There's jagged edges to that relationship. I offer a separate support group for individuals where that might feel more reflective of the relationship because the conversations are different. And then both of those groups have education groups where there's a six-week series where we kind of dive into specific things that might be coming up and have conversation about how that information relates. It's a way of putting a context to people's experience because frequently people think that their experience is in isolation when really the things that are happening to them happen to a lot of people in a lot of places all the time. So it's a way to normalize and help people understand sort of the vast ways that grief might come up, because sometimes they're surprising. People don't often think about GI distress or apathy or inability to focus Mm -hmm. as things that could be connected to a loss experience. But they are. Yeah. And and, and some of your opportunities are open to the general public, not Mm -hmm. having just to be having worked with Mount Hood Hospice, but anyone. Correct. Yes. All of our support groups are available. All of our education groups are available to anyone in the community. And we do offer one for caregivers who have someone whose illness will eventually kill them. There is a support group for those caregivers because that can also be a really isolating experience. And there's a lot of ambiguous loss that occurs when you're watching health declines happen. There's a lot of anticipatory grief that happens for the caregiver as they're watching people diminish in their abilities and capacities. And so we have a caregiver for them, Mm -hmm. a group that meets for them as well, so that they get some support on board before the death happens. And then we also have a remembrance event that happens every year at Mining Park in Sandy. And it's a beautiful event where we frame photos that the community submits. They don't have to be connected to hospice. They don't have to have died in the last year. We have some families that use it as their way of saying hello to their relatives every year. And so they'll send in 10, 12 photos and just add in additional photos if somebody has died more recently. And it's just this beautiful space where we hang the photos along the walkway in the park, and there's these big, gorgeous trees and lots of ferns, and people can just come in during the time that it's open to walk the space, to reflect, to share stories, to see their people in the context of other people's people, and realize that this is a human experience. If we choose to be in relationship, we will either be left or we will leave. Mm. Those are the only two options. And so the grief process is a natural thing that happens 
when we engage in relationship with other people. I was just going to say finally, too, this morning, if you could tell folks, what's the best way to learn about these programs or to get in touch with you or Mount Hood Hospice? So you're welcome to look at our website. It's mounthoodhospice.org, and it's mthoodhospice.org. There's a grief support tab that has all of the group support information on it. And then there's a community services tab that also has information about the time of remembering. That's that remembrance event that happens. You can also just email me. My email address is all over the website, but it's my first initial L and my last name, Lorette, L-I-R-E-T-T-E, at mounthoodhospice.org. Or you can just call our main number and they'll send you my way. I can give you information about whatever you're needing. And that number is 503-668-5545. Excellent. Laura Lorette, she is Mount Hood Hospice's Director of Bereavement Services. Laura, great to talk with you this morning. Thank you for all the really important work that you do in the programs that you have. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure talking with you. All right. Well, have a wonderful day. You too. Take care. And it is 726 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, you are well into our Lenten season. It is a perfect opportunity to pick up your phone and download the free Hail Mary media app. It is going to be the perfect resource to get you through these Lenten weeks full of wonderful interviews that are inspiring. And of course, those beautiful prayers that will draw you closer to God. It is absolutely free to download. So you should download that today. It is the Hail Mary Media app. You can also find information at materdayradio.com. Support for Materday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Is God calling you to do something different with your life? Join Mater Day Radio's team as our new grant writer. Shape the future of Catholic media through this dynamic part-time position, offering you competitive pay and an exciting opportunity for remote work with flexible hours to suit your schedule. Get more details on the grant writer position and how to apply at materdayradio.com. That's materdayradio.com to join us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life at Mater Day Radio. Morning may have broken, but don't fret. David and Brenda can fix it. The Morning Blend, on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. 726 at Mater Day Radio, and they're celebrating at the Vatican. It's the 10th anniversary of the pontificate of Pope Francis. We've got more details on that and his new podcast just ahead. So that... Those new stories coming up in four minutes. Here's John Finch and Rita West, Heart of Mercy. You are listening to The Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. There is a harbor for those in need of safety. A place, a place where we can rest. There is a father who left his throne above To find, to find the 
is John Finch and Rita West with Heart of Mercy. It's 731 right here at Mater Day Radio. And in your news, Pope Francis marks 10 years as head of the Roman Catholic Church today, celebrating Mass with cardinals in the chapel of the Vatican Santa Marta Hotel, where he's lived since his election. The Argentina-born Francis, 86, became the first Latin American pontiff on March 13th of 2013, succeeding Benedict XVI, who had become the first pope in six centuries to resign. It seems like yesterday, the Holy Father said in a podcast by Vatican News broadcast earlier today, time flies when you gather up today, it's already tomorrow. When he was recorded as residence yesterday, he said... What's a podcast, according to the Vatican News? When it was explained to him, he said, nice, let's do it. The former Cardinal Jorge Mario Borgoglio has sought to project simplicity into the grand role and never took possession of the papal apartments in the apostolic palace used by his predecessors, saying he preferred to live in a community setting for his psychological health. Well, Patrick, you always remember that wonderful picture of Pope Francis after being elected. Of course, he went as Cardinal Bergoglio. And when he went to check out of the hotel, he's trying to pay at the Vatican kind of uh, area where they they check out from their cells. So uh, quite a humble man. And the meme is always, I checked in under a different name. (laughs) That's right. Oh, well, sad news to report, though. Nicaragua's government said Sunday it it has proposed suspending relations with the Vatican days after Pope Francis reportedly compared President Daniel Ortega's administration to a communist dictatorship amid a crackdown on the Catholic Church in the Central American country. Now, relations between the church and the Nicaraguan government have been deteriorating since 2018 when authorities violently repressed anti-government protests. Now, some Catholic leaders gave protests shelter in their churches. The church later tried to act as a mediator between the regime and the opposition. Ortega branded Catholic figures he saw as sympathetic to the opposition as terrorists who had backed efforts to overthrow him. Now, Pope Francis has remained largely silent on the issue, apparently not wanting to inflame tensions, but a March 10th interview with Argentine media outlet, he called Ortega's government a rude dictatorship led by an unbalanced president. Now, amid rumors that Nicaragua's government had broke off ties with the Vatican following the comments, its foreign ministry released a statement saying a suspension has been proposed. This morning, U.S. President Joe Biden says the nation's financial systems are sound following the swift and stunning collapse of two banks that prompted fears of broader upheaval. U.S. regulators closed the Silicon Valley Bank on Friday after it experienced a traditional bank run where depositors rushed to withdraw their funds all at once. It's the second largest bank failure in U.S. history behind the 2008 failure of Washington Mutual. In a sign of how fast the financial bleeding was occurring, regulators announced that New York-based Signature Bank also failed. U.S. regulators worked through the weekend to find a buyer for Silicon Valley Bank, which had more than $200 billion in assets and catered to tech startups, venture capital firms, and well-paid technology workers. While those efforts appeared to have failed, officials assured all of the bank's customers that they would be able to access their money later today.
well, stars were shining in Los Angeles last night as the 95th Academy Awards were held. It saw everything, everywhere, all at once, taking home the big awards, including Best Picture, Best Actress in a Leading Role for Michelle Yao, Best Supporting Actor Ki Hui Kwan, Jamie Lee Curtis for her Best Supporting Actress in the same movie. Now, Brandon Fraser took top honors for Best Actor in his role in The Whale. Now, Portland, Oregon was mentioned in the acceptance speech from Guillermo del Toro in his win for Best Animated Feature Film, Pinocchio. Portland's connection, thanks to Shadow Machine, a production studio with headquarters in California that also has a location in Portland. Now, much of the work on the film was done at the Portland studio. Now, fan favorite was Top Gun Maverick, credited by host Jimmy Kimmel as the movie that saved the movies as it release date was stalled nearly two years due to the pandemic that took home award for best sound production. So it was a really exciting night. All the stars were glitzed up. I watched, I watched all of it. I'll admit it. (laughs) Scott came, he kept checking in on me. He's like, it's still on my guess. It's still on. And he goes, all right, I'm back upstairs. He's been watching the documentary series. So, uh, yeah, exciting. Uh, I did not watch as many of the top films as I have in the past. Uh, and there were some surprise ones. I was really pulling for, uh, Wakanda forever stars and Rihanna, her song lift me up. Of course, a dedication to Chadwick Boseman who died as black Panther movies makes me cry. Uh, but it lost to the uh, song from the movie, R R R, very interesting. And uh, R R R is an amazing movie if you haven't seen it. I, it it's I incredible. want to watch it. Yeah, yeah, it is an amazing. I mean, from the moment that the film starts, you are just on a rocket ride. It is it is incredible. Well, yeah. they did perform the best song performance during the night. I was exhausted watching it. The way these dancers jumped throughout this movie was incredible. So I think I'm going to put that on my list. It, I would highly recommend it. And and uh, I can say fasten the seatbelt because it is a wild ride. It okay. really is. I saw, I think, probably six of the nominated films. Yeah. And uh, The Banshees of Ein Sheeran was my personal favorite. There's it something was. about that movie just really lingered with me. I really enjoyed it. Kind of disappointing. It, it didn't it didn't take any none yeah not yeah, for it was, colin farrell and also for i can't remember the lead actor who was also with him in that i think it was his father who was the older gentleman in that movie i, I his name escapes me too yeah uh, but he he had a great role in that also so yeah so now that i've seen that uh who won i do want to go back and watch some more i did see everything everywhere all at once me too it's a, a different taste, different flavor, uh, and so we'll just stick with that assessment of it. I, I'm not surprised it won. I'm not su- because it just seems to fix some of the weirder movies tend to win, I and think so. and you know like Parasite winning a few years ago was a kind of a strange movie, and yeah. uh, uh, The Shape of Water, another weird one. It just seemed to kind of fit in that genre. But um, I had to turn it off. I didn't watch yeah. the whole thing. It was just like I, I'm kind of lost, and it started to get a little well, offensive and I said, ah, yeah. I'm going to turn it Fortunately off. Fortunately <laughs> for me, I got a late start on it and there were some breaks for eating dinner. And so I was able to fast forward through. I just wanted to know <laughs> who won, who won, who won.
And in sports, speaking of winners, the Portland Pilots held a big watch party on the bluff yesterday and learned that they will open the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament Saturday at infamous Pauley Pavilion in Los Angeles against Oklahoma. The Pilots will carry the number 12 seed versus the Sooners 5 seed. The winner will face either number 4 UCLA or number 13 Sacramento State next Monday, March 20th. This is the Pilots' fifth trip to the Big Dance and their first NCAA women's basketball tournament appearance in 26 years. Portland earned a bid in 2020, but the tournament was canceled due to the pandemic. UP played in four consecutive tournaments from 1994 to 1997. Portland has never won an NCAA tournament game. And we hope to get uh, later today, they're going to announce the timing and the TV and all that. So we'll, hopefully before we're done with the show today, we can get that. But I didn't see that had been posted yet. So congratulations to the pilots. You know, they, they came in, won that tournament, took it from Gonzaga and got the bid. And it's going to be exciting for them to head down to Los Angeles. Oh, fantastic. Well, you know who is praying and consoling her players today? That would be Sister Jean Dolores Schmitz, of course, at Loyola University. Uh, She is the chaplain of the Mm -hmm. men's basketball team. Her beloved Loyola Ramblers did not make the cut, but... You know, she has just been such an iconic figure for so many years during this March Madness. Now, her faith and devotion, you know, captured the heart of basketball fans everywhere with her newfound fame. Sister Jean was able to share her Catholic faith with many. At 103 years old, Sister Jean continues to inspire through her newly published book, Wake Up With Purpose, What I've Learned in My First Hundred Years. (laughs) Now, what she's also gone on to say, she shares her life story and many spiritual lessons and some of the things here that Sister Jean has shared with those that love her. She says, whatever was going to happen, I trusted that God had a plan for me. It was my duty as his servant to trust his judgment and carry it out. And then she said, being mad at God is not the same thing as not believing in him. You can't be mad at something that doesn't exist, right? I believe God expects us to have a relationship with him. That relationship has many different dimensions, like all relationships. It goes through ups and downs, and it matures over time. God made us fully human. We're all sinners. We're all flawed. He tests our faith for a reason. Getting mad at God is a way of expressing and keeping our faith. 103. 103. And she's a published author now. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And coming up this evening at 6.30, it is Theology Night's course on the work of C.S. Lewis happening at St. Michael's Parish in Portland. Kimball Ferris will lead the discussion on selected fiction and nonfiction works of C.S. Lewis, the great British author and devout Christian. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And coming up, we've got a great interview with Dina Marie. Well, some happenings are going on down at the hilltop in Mount Angel. You're going to hear about it next. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. 
online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Healthcare sharing has been around for decades and began out of the Christian tradition of neighbor helping neighbor. That's the premise Solidarity HealthShare was built on, where a nonprofit medical cost sharing ministry in which our family of members share in each other's eligible medical expenses. Solidarity HealthShare is not insurance, but an alternative way to pay for medical costs that adheres to Catholic Church teachings. We never share into medical care that goes against our morals. More information at SolidarityHealthShare.org. Do you want to live a truly authentic Catholic life? This is Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, and Monday nights at 7.30, Ken Hellenius and I team up for Living Stones. This dynamic weekly show will help you deepen your relationship with Christ and His Church with practical ways that you can grow in faith, participate more fully in the liturgy, and practice charity towards all. Join us for Living Stones, Monday nights at 7.30 on Modern Day E-Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 744 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life, and it is a rainy start to this Monday. Cloudy with periods of rain throughout the day, and we've already uh, hit our high for today. Uh, Going to drop down to about 47. Chance of rain, 100%. Rainfall could reach up to an inch. Showers early this evening, then cloudy overnight with a low of 36. Good news, though, drying out tomorrow with some sun in the morning. And we could uh, be all the way up to close to 60 tomorrow. Hopefully, we'll get there. Right now, the rain is coming down. It's uh, 49 at St. Cecilia Catholic Parish and School in Beaverton. And it is 50 degrees at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Salem. Good morning. This is Dina Marie, host of Faith Moments and the Voice of the Shepherd with highlights from the hilltop on Mater Day Radio. With a call to grow in prayer, fasting, and almsgiving during the season of Lent, the Benedictine monks at Mount Angel Abbey offer a beautiful and a prayerful place to come away and seek things above. With me today to discuss the season of Lent and some beautiful opportunities to come together at the Hilltop with special events is Brother Ansem Flores. Brother Ansem, welcome back. Thanks for joining us on Mater Day Radio. Yeah, thank you, Dina Marie. It's, it's glad to be here and it's glad to actually be with you during this time of Lent. I mean, it's just the first week, but it's so it's a, it's a good start to the season. Oh, it's a beautiful start to the season. And I want to just put a heads up for our listeners to mark your calendar for the official Feast of St. Joseph, March 19th, to be at the Hilltop because there's a beautiful concert you'll be providing for us at the Abbey Church. But I also just want to get started in hearing about how the monks and really the monastery, the seminarians, how you've entered the Lenten season. And just give us a sense from Ash Wednesday to the Mm. first few days of Lent, how that's been for you, for our seminarians, and and for the monks in general. Yeah, so, you know, um, before Lent begins, all the monks, all the monks are supposed to be thinking about what they're going to do for Lent. And two weeks before Lent starts, um, every monk is given what's called a bona opera, which in Latin means good work. And uh, we're supposed to fill it out. It has the words of St. Benedict on the chapter of Lent, on the chapter in the Holy Rule on Lent, and we're supposed to fill out what book we're reading and some Lenten practices that we're going to be doing, writing our name on it, and then submitting it to the abbot. So this, the abbot gets all of these, all the monks, bona operas, and he reads all of them and sends them back 
uh, with his blessing. And, you know, one of the great moods, I guess, of Lent, especially in the monastery, I feel it in the monasteries, you know all your brothers are doing all of these things. We don't know in particular the practices, but we all know we're in it together. Mm-hmm. And so there's this sense of pilgrimage in Lent. And, you know, uh, Lent is 40 days, Easter is 50 days. So that's 90 days of spiritual power. And Lent is 40 days of preparation mm-hmm. for the big celebration of Easter. And, you know, what uh, what, char- what would characterize this pilgrimage? There's a beautiful image that we, the beautiful sign we use on Ash Wednesday, uh, the sign of ashes. And there's a transformation in that in the liturgy, actually. And I'll, I'll explain it to you now, but the transformation is you have the sign of ashes, which we put on at the beginning of Lent, and that symbolizes everything turning into ash, right? Everything is leaning towards the end, which in the end is is death, is ash, dust. But at the end of Lent, we go into Easter, and what's the next big symbol? Water. Water is the next big symbol. And then at Pentecost, it's fire. So this is the pilgrimage. This is the pilgrimage that's happening. We're going from Lent with a symbol of ash, and we're slowly dying to ourselves in fasting, almsgiving, and prayer. And then we're plunged into water. The ashes are plunged into water in baptism, and they're brought into the fire of new life in Pentecost. That's what's in the monk's mind. (laughs) when he's thinking about Lent and when he's when he's doing his Lenten practices. In Lent, he's slowly dying to himself, as we all are, mm-hmm. in prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, looking forward to Easter, the Easter mysteries, especially renewing our baptismal vows in the monastery, and then finally being on fire. So there's the that's our pilgrimage here in the monastery, going from ashes plunged into water, and then into fire. Hmm. It's such a great visual. And we are so sensory, you know, all of our sacraments have the senses, the lighting of the candle, the baptismal candle, you know, uh, when we have the oil, the healing oils, the chrism oil, you just bring up uh, brother Anselm, just the beauty of our faith. And we sense that, but to dust, Mm -hmm. we were, we began and to dust, we will go at the, at our death. And yet Jesus promises our resurrection, the resurrection Mm -hmm. from the dead. I'm talking with Brother Anselm as the monastery at at Mount Angel Abbey begins the Lenten journey, just as we all do on pilgrimage. And I think you bring up such a great point, Brother, that you learned from St. Benedict, this writing down and making this commitment, but you're all in the community together. And isn't that how it should be in our families, that husbands and wives, brothers and sisters, that a whole family could do just that? What are we doing as a family, as a small community in the Lenten journey? How could we apply St. Benedict's rule to our homes, to maybe our our small prayer groups? Yeah, that's a good question. And you know, the church gives us the three basic practices of Lent, which are fasting, almsgiving, and prayer. And, you know, you could take them at face value. Fasting means not eating. Almsgiving means giving money to the poor. And prayer means conversation with God. But you can take them into a deeper meaning and apply it to small communities, families, prayer groups. What is fasting? Fasting is a conversion of self 
in which you just give up something you desire. You know, traditionally it's food, but something that, that you like doing, or maybe that you're too absorbed in. Like maybe fast from watching TV or watching Netflix or electronics and use that time to pray with your family or your friends or use that time to spend it spend it with activities with someone you love. That's also a form of fasting. Almsgiving, giving money to the poor, but giving anything that's valuable to us, to anyone, that is also almsgiving. Giving your time to someone, giving your ear to someone to listen and really care for them. Giving someone a smile, because a smile is a blessing, especially giving a smile to maybe someone you're having difficulty with. I mean, just imagine someone that you're having difficulty with. Can you smile at them? Maybe that's something to do for Lent. Give, give your time to them. And prayer, really, it just boils down to just spend maybe five or ten more minutes um, silently with God alone and see what happens. Because God, the Holy Spirit, will always surprise us when we open ourselves to Him. If we allow Him the op opportunity to be with us, then He'll change us. But we have to make that time. And so for prayer, you know, you don't have to do anything extra, uh, but you can give just a little of your time to prayer. So just five or 10 minutes in silence and waiting for his word to come and, and just see what happens, see what transformation happens in your thoughts and in your heart. Right. We are on the Lenten journey with Brother Anselm from the Mount Angel Abbey, Benedictine Monks, and he and the monks are inviting you to a special event on March 19th. It's a Sunday, will be the Feast of St. Joseph, and they invite you to come really for the whole day, but a special concert will be coming up in the Abbey Church at 3.30. We're going to talk a little bit more about that as we continue our conversation. Brother, as you talk about the Lenten season, now you're also a seminarian. What's the life like during these four 40 days of Lent for our seminarians and just working on and praying alongside the monks. Yeah. Oh, it's busy. So <laughs> Lent, the Lenten season somehow uh, corresponds with midterm season. So there's something penitential about that, you know, uh, giving your time up for studying. But it's nice, actually, that it corresponds to that season, because in midterm season, we're all studying together. You know, we're all forming study groups. We're all trying to get study guides together. And we're all sort of feeling the same thing, feeling, oh, oh a test is coming up. What should we do? And what are we going to study? But it helps that Lent is happening, too, because Lent is, oh, oh the Lord's resurrection is going to happen. How can we prepare for that? So it, it's, it's strange, but the time in the seminary and the time in the liturgy somehow correspond and we're brought closer together because of it in seminary, because it's test season, midterm season, paper season, all of the seminarians getting together. And then it's the Lenten season, all of us getting together, making practices, uh, forming practices, getting ready for Easter. But I think that shows the applicability of the Lenten season. You know, the liturgy is not just something we do that's outside of our daily lives. In Lent, we sacrifice. We sacrifice ourselves. we sacrifice things we, we think we desire 
so that we can turn those towards God. That applies also to studies and to the seminary life. What in my life do I have to change to do well in school or to relate better in community so that I can more with my brothers and be more attentive to them? So there's a there's a nice talking back and forth between what we celebrate in the liturgy, in the in the daily hours, in the mass that we celebrate with our seminarians, and then going out from there to our daily lives. It's all one big liturgy, you could say. Absolutely. Brother Anselm is with us from Mount Angel Abbey. He coordinates the events with the Mount Angel Institute. They've got a few things on the calendar for the month of March during the season of the Lenten season. So we hope that you spend some time there at Mount Angel. Brother Anselm, I am coming up to a break. Stay with me and we'll continue our conversation. Talk about this beautiful concert on the Feast of St. Joseph on March 19th uh, in the next half an hour. 756 at Mantra Day Radio, and coming up next month, Brenda, it's not far off. I know what you're talking about. Five weeks, our spring share April 17th through 21st, and I ordered all the gifts last week, so we're really getting excited. I think there's going to be some really cool things there, but we want you to be a part of it as we seek the truth during our 2023 spring share If you didn't get the letter yet, you can go online and check all that out, but we're trying to build that match. Matching funds, so we have the funds to match during the Sherathon. We hope you'll be a part of it as we seek the truth during Spring Sherathon 2023 here at Mater Day Radio. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBBM, Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME, Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator, K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. Are you searching for stories of how God is transforming lives in profound and creative ways? Do you want to be inspired to join the mission of evangelization? I'm Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, and each week through interviews, scripture, and song, we explore what it looks like to share the gospel with courage and hope. Please join me on Wednesdays and Sundays at 7.30 p.m. right here on Mater Dei Radio or anytime on materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. Grab some coffee and take the morning blend with you anywhere you go. Listen to the podcast at materdayradio.com. 758 at Mater Day Radio and Tragedy off the coast of California. We'll have all the details ahead for you in the news. And here is Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. People have to face many trials throughout their lives, but it wouldn't be a stretch to say that the most common trial we face is temptation. Whether it's just the desire to procrastinate or stay up too late or just watch one more episode, 
Far too often, we're faced with the temptation to do something that we know isn't good for us. If you understand that struggle, then you might appreciate St. Euphrasia of Constantinople, who we're talking about today. Euphrasia was born in the year 380, when Rome was ruled by Emperor Theodosius I. Her father was related to the emperor and part of the royal court, but he died soon after she was born, so she and her mother were taken under the care and protection of the emperor himself. At five years old, Theodosius had Euphrasia betrothed to a wealthy senator, whom she was to marry when she came of age. Hoping to retreat from the royal court for a time, Euphrasia's mother took her young daughter and traveled to Egypt. Being a pious woman, she chose to live near a convent full of nuns. Little Euphrasia developed a strong attachment to the place and begged her mother to let her stay there longer than originally planned. Her mother humored the request, expecting that her daughter would get bored at the convent, but Euphrasia's attachment only grew with time. She even donned a habit when she was still only seven years old. Seeing how strongly her daughter was called to the religious life, she addressed Christ saying, Lord Jesus Christ, receive this child under your protection. You alone does she love and seek, and to you she recommends herself. Soon after this, Euphrasia's mother died, leaving the girl to be raised by the convent's nuns. Learning of her mother's death and knowing that she would eventually have to fulfill her long-standing betrothal, the emperor summoned Euphrasia back to the royal court. She quickly wrote him a reply asking that she be allowed to stay where she was and pursue her vocation. She also requested that her parents' possessions be distributed to the poor and all slaves they owned be set free. The emperor obliged her request and it seemed like Euphrasia's old life had been put behind her. Even so, she found herself tempted to return and see just what kind of life she had left behind. This temptation was so strong that she would have gone back to Rome had the abbess of the convent not warned her against it. The abbess knew that nothing good could come of Euphrasia going back, especially after declaring her intent to the emperor. And to distract the girl, she gave her many chores and menial tasks. Euphrasia performed all of these jobs with cheer and humility, setting a shining example for the rest of the convent, which was especially impressive considering how young she was. Though she only lived to the age of 30, Euphrasia's life was blessed. She performed miracles such as healing a crippled child and freeing a woman from demonic possession. In Euphrasia, we see that even people of saintly characters have trouble resisting temptation. It takes effort for everyone to persevere in their vocation. And while another episode of Psych isn't the end of the world, it's good to sometimes practice resistance with the little things so when big decisions come our way, we have the self-control to choose wisely. In this season of Lent, let's do our best to practice with those little things. Saint Euphrasia, pray for us. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to access wonderful Lenten resources, download the free Hail Mary media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's 802. And in your news, people are looking for an oasis in the Catholic Church from which to slake the thirst left by the busyness indifference and consumerism, Pope Francis said on Sunday. In his March 12th Angelus address message delivered from a window overlooking St. Peter's Square focused on the story of Jesus meeting with the Samaritan woman at the well, specifically his request for her to give him a drink. This Sunday, Pope Francis said to approximately 20,000 people gathered in the square, the gospel presents us one of the most beautiful fascinating encounters Jesus has. Now, Jesus' request for water to the Samaritan woman, he said, is an image of God's abasement. God abases himself in Jesus. God made himself one of us. And 
He thirsts like us. And he suffers our same thirst. Pope Francis said, the words of Jesus, give me a drink, also teach us about our obligation to help others in need, whether materially or emotionally. At least eight people were killed when two migrant smuggling boats capsized in shallow but treacherous surf amid heavy fog off the coast of San Diego, authorities said Sunday, marking one of the deadliest maritime human smuggling operations ever on U.S. shores. Coast Guard and San Diego fire and rescue crews pulled bodies of eight adults from the water, but fog hampered the search for additional victims. Recovery efforts resumed Sunday, but no additional bodies were found. The Coast Guard announced on Twitter that the search was suspended at 3.30 yesterday afternoon. Survivors may have escaped on land. Well, Walmart says they're doing their part to eliminate waste in Washington state by removing all plastic carryout bags from its stores in the state for checkout and pickup. Now, beginning Tuesday, April 18th, Walmart stores in Washington will no longer provide plastic bags at checkout or pickup, encouraging customers to use reusable bags or containers. Now, to make the transition easier for its customers, Walmart will continue to offer a wide variety of reusable bags and containers throughout stores and at checkout areas for purchase. Stores have added signage, social posts, and on Facebook pages and messaging on the Walmart app to remind customers of the upcoming changes. Now, additionally, Walmart makes it easy for customers to recycle their end-of-life plastic and reusable bags by providing recycling containers located in the store's vestibule area. A vestibule at Walmart. <laughs> Who would have thought? Patrick, I... Don't know what is wrong, but I cannot seem to ever remember to bring my containers and plastic bags to the stores. I just cannot make that switch yet. I don't know why. <laughs> so I always end up having to get another bag. So, I always put them in the back of my, my vehicle, and then they're always there. And they're always there. Yeah. Now, see, I'm good about doing that when they're there. But see, what happens is then I go home and unload everything. And then the bags never make it back into the car. <laughs> See, what you have to do after you unload is then put them back in That's the car. It. That's how Just I do it. Just take the yeah. time right yeah. then. U.S. regulators closed the Silicon Valley Bank on Friday after it experienced a traditional bank run where depositors rushed to withdraw their funds all at once. It was the second largest bank failure in U.S. history. In a sign of how fast the financial bleeding was occurring, regulators also announced that New York-based signature banks had failed. U.S. regulators worked through the weekend to find a buyer for Silicon Valley Bank, which had more than $200 billion in assets and cratered to the technology industry. As of this morning, those efforts appear to have failed, but officials assured all the bank's customers that they would be able to access their money. Well, the Interstate Bridge Replacement Program says they will study the possibility of building a new drawbridge over the Columbia River, program officials said Friday. Now, the movable span option, which came at the request of the Coast Guard and the federal government, will be explored in addition to the program's original plan of a fixed span bridge with 116 feet of vertical clearance. And the program will study both a lift span like the current Interstate 5 bridge and a bascule bridge like the Burnside Bridge in Portland. Program Administrator Greg Johnson says he believes a fixed span bridge will ultimately end up spanning the Columbia. He said a movable span bridge would likely cost about 
$500 million more than a fixed span bridge and noted that the Columbia River Crossing Project received a record of decision from the Federal Highway Administration and Federal Transportation Agency for a fixed span bridge with a lower clearance. Now, the dispute comes with regards to the Coast Guard Clippers. They say they can't get under that bridge at 116 feet. And there's been a Princess Cruise that has come in previously to Portland. Can't get under that span either. So perhaps it's an option for on rare occasion use. We'll see. In sports, New Orleans Pelicans forward Trey Murphy scored a career-high 41 points as the Pelicans blasted the Trailblazers 127-110 to Sunday at Smoothie King Center in New Orleans. Former Blazer C.J. McCollum showed zero hospitality mm-hmm. in welcoming the Blazers, scoring 22 points in the first half while putting up 11 assists. The Blazers played without Damian Lillard, their leading scorer. Lillard was downgraded from probable to out with a calf injury roughly an hour before tip-off. And March Madness continues. The Oregon Ducks didn't make the big dance, but they are the number one seed in the NIT. And they will be facing UC Irvine at 8 o'clock in Matthew Knight Arena on Wednesday night. So best of luck to the Ducks. And the Ducks women also in the WNIT. We'll find out later today who they get paired up against. Well, recently we shared some advice from Father Michael Moses on how to pray more effectively Thanks to an egg. Well, he's using food once more to help us make sense of this Lenten period and how we can make the most of it. Well, Alatea reports that Father Michael says, thanks to a bag of chips, it's an evil, simple manner to the importance of filling our free time with meaningful activities. Here's what he says. The biggest issue with eating chips at a party is people are shoving their hands in a bag. It's not so hygienic. So Father Michael, excuse me, Father David Michael demonstrates the perfect solution to the problem. Roll down the sides of that bag, make a chip bowl out of it, and get rid of all that air on the inside. He then likens that air to the empty space we all have in our lives and the importance of getting rid of all that time we might find to laze around, achieve nothing, perhaps be led to temptation. Now, the popular priest suggests that during Lent, we should fill our empty space with activities that help others, can benefit others, such as praying more or taking care of our health. And the best bit of bite about the hack is that every time we see a bag of chips now, well, we're going to remember about using up all that extra space. I saw it. It's a great hack. Isn't it that really funny? is the way he made the bowl out of it. Really good. And of course, what would you expect from a Texan? He's down there in uh, the Archdiocese <laughs> of uh, Galveston, Houston. So yeah, it's. Uh, but it, really, I was kind of like, that's impressive to think that through like that. Texans know how to eat their chips. <laughs> it's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock p.m. is a parent information night for Chesterton Academy of Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati, Aquinas Hall at Holy Rosary Parish. Families with middle and high school students are encouraged to come and learn more about Chesterton Academy's classical curriculum. Meet the dedicated faculty and visit with current Chesterton families. Please RSVP on their website. And you can find more details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. 
The Feast of St. Joseph is on the way this weekend and big doings going on with that at Mount Angel Abbey. Dina Marie continues her interview with Brother Anselm coming up next. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Holy Family Catholic Clinic is a proud member of Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle. Located at 21810 Willamette Drive in West Lynn, Holy Family Catholic Clinic is Christ-centered and provides superior, compassionate, life-affirming health care to patients of all ages. Holy Family Catholic Clinic offers medical services that are in adherence to Catholic moral teaching and bioethics, honoring the sanctity of life from conception to natural death. Learn more at HolyFamilyClinic.com. That's HolyFamilyClinic.com. At Mater Dei Radio, everything we do is meant to illuminate the truth of Christ. From starting the day with David and Brenda on the morning blend to closing the night with the mysteries of the rosary, we're devoted to leading souls into the way, the truth, and the life of Jesus. Mark your calendar for April 17th through 21st as we seek the truth during Mater Dei Radio's 2023 Spring share It's going to be a week of joyful celebration, and you can be a big part of it by helping us build a strong matching fund. Your support now will have a deep impact on Mater Dei Radio's success in April by providing a strong incentive for our share listeners to match your prayerful giving. To learn more and make your matching gift, go now to MaterDayRadio.com or the Hail Mary Media app and seek the truth during our 2023 Spring share at Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And it is 8.13 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, that rain continues to fall this morning as that atmospheric river continues to drop water on the area. Now, the morning commute is kind of soggy one, so please be careful for that. Now, highs today staying in the upper 40s, and then rain showers begin to let up as we move through the afternoon. Overnight, we cool to the lower 30s, and then looks like we begin a slow dry up, about a 10% chance of rain on Tuesday. Highs near 50 degrees. Right now, it's 48 with the rain coming down at St. Henry's in Gresham. And it is 47 degrees at St. Mary's of Guadalupe Catholic Church in Ridgefield. Good morning. This is Dina Marie, and I'm continuing my conversation with Brother Anselm over at Mount Angel Abbey with our highlights from the hilltop. The Abbey is always inviting us to come and spend some time, but particularly during the time of Lent. I think what a special time to really pray, to take part in the prayer with the monks, but also they are providing a beautiful concert. <clears throat> Brother Anselm, thanks for coming back with me this morning. Well, yes, anytime. Well, tell us a little bit about this Mount Angel Institute throughout the year you offer through the Institute, different activities upcoming mm -hmm. will be this beautiful concert. What's the mission and then this upcoming event you have for March 19th? Yeah, so the Mount Angel Institute um, is, is just a way of saying that uh, the Benedictines at Mount Angel have a lot of stuff going on and a lot of it happens on the hilltop. And we want to share all of that out 
into the wider church, into the community. And so we formed the Mount Angel Institute as a way of organizing all those things and presenting them to the community so that the community can be enriched by the, by the Benedictine tradition, by the deep Catholic tradition that's uh, highlighted by, you know, loving beauty, loving prayer, loving community, loving environment, all of that is a way of expressing our Catholic faith and our Benedictine life. And so this concert that's coming up is a prime example of how we can share the rich tradition of music, especially expressed in the Catholic tradition. And this concert is on March 19th, which is the Feast of St. Joseph. It's bumped this year to March 20th because it's because that's a Sunday in Lent, but we're keeping it on March 19th. And the title of this concert, so March 19th at 3.30, um, the title of this is, it's a beautiful title, As the Deer Longs. That's the title. And then inaugural concert of the Mount Angel Chamber Choir. But As the Deer Longs, we have a beautiful mosaic of that in the Abbey Church right in front of the altar. And it's a mosaic where, you know, a fountain is springing and water is coming out. And then two deer are just there drinking from the fountain. And we pick this title um, because we know that this concert is happening in Lent. And one of the whole, one of the purposes of Lent is to transform our desire so that we're desiring not only the earthly things, but transforming that so we can desire God. And we wanted to express that in a concert. And so we've come up with a program on the Feast of St. Joseph that captures that feeling, that we all have a desire for God, we all have a desire for love and for, for something more than our daily lives can offer. And we wanna express that in music. Mm. And so that's, that's, the, that's the driving mentality of the program. And some of them, so If Ye Love Me is a title of one of the pieces we're singing. Uh, like a deer, secret chervus, like a deer lungs for running streams. That's another title. Lift thine eyes. That's another title. All of these are geared towards the music is geared towards transforming the listener's mind and heart to love God. That's the point of the concert. And that, that you know, that's something we hope. It's not just beautiful music. It is beautiful music. Mm -hmm. But we hope the texts and the music itself can transform, transform the listeners, especially during this time of Lent. Yeah, it's so beautiful, Brother Anselm. I know, you know, when you hear that music and it's music that's based upon prayer, upon scripture, mm -hmm. God's word, it just resonates in our heart. Our heart desires the mm -hmm. word of God. And when it's sung beautifully, when it's chanted beautifully, it it really does transform. Tell us about the seminary choir, about the chamber choir, some of the members. I know you've been practicing for a long time for this concert, but who are all the members of these different ensembles? Yeah, so uh, the chamber choir is something that is sort of new. That's why this is, this is our first concert, our inaugural concert as a chamber choir, Mount Angel Chamber Choir. It's a sizable choir, and it's not just the monks and the seminarians, but also some of the local community in Mount Angel. So it's not just a monk thing or a seminary thing. It really is Mount Angel. It's a Mount Angel thing. So uh, Mirna Keo is directing it. 
she helps with music. She's one of the professors here at, at the seminary. Monks are involved. The, the Scola monks are involved. The seminarians are involved. And some moms from the town are involved. So that's that's the whole, it's like a microcosm of the church coming together because they want to sing and praise God and share that. Uh, so it's, a, it's really a beautiful sign. You know, as Christians, we love to sing. We should we should sing. It's a beautiful sign of God's mercy and love for us when we're able to sing and share that. And you also have the beautiful organ. Uh, um, in fact, there are two organs, aren't there? There's there's one near the altar and then up above in the balcony. I know there'll be some organ music as well. Yes. Right. So in the concert, it's not only vocal music, but the, the grand organ will be shown off, I guess, uh, in the uh, in the church. Um, brother Thomas, our own brother Thomas, uh, will be playing Bach, and also Father Teresa will be playing Bach, and also there will be a trumpet. There will be a trumpet concerto uh, done by one of our seminarians. So you'll get a you'll get a real variety of music. I love that because it is the feast of Saint Joseph, and it is a Sunday. So even though there's that more penitential solemnity in Lent. Uh, we can, you know, we can say the Gloria when when it's St. Joseph's feast day. So, so I think trumpet, I think Easter, but we're going to get some of that glory in the Lenten season. What a what a great treat. Oh, my goodness. So, again, this is open, free. Anybody can come on Sunday. Uh, if people wanted to take the whole day and spend time at Mount Angel, uh, give us a sense of the schedule, like the morning for mass. And then if people wanted to just spend the day and then uh, have time with that concert at 3.30. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, Mass, we have, if you wanted to spend the whole day with us, you could start at vigils, but probably better would be to start at Mass with us. You can join the monks and the seminarians for Mass at 9 a.m. that day, and then you can spend the whole morning uh, maybe walking on the grounds, taking a hike, visiting the library, you could even go to the brewery at lunch if you wanted. Right. Have lunch at the brewery um, and then pray midday prayer with the monks and then walk around in the town also. And then the concert will be at 3.30 and it's an hour, so 3.30 to 4.30. And right after the concert, we'll have a nice reception uh, where you can meet all of the musicians and the singers. So uh, the monks who were in the choir, um, the seminarians, uh, who sang, and also uh, some of the townspeople uh, will be at the at the reception afterwards. That's a way to just mingle and greet everyone. And and again, it's it's Sunday, so it's nice to be together on a Sunday. And then, if you wanted to stay longer, uh, the monks will say vespers. Will sing vespers, um, solemn vespers at five fifteen, and then dinner. So it you can you can plan a whole beautiful day. Well, it's beautiful. And then just a reminder for those who haven't been there for a while, you can walk up the hill, the Stations of the Cross. I mean, you can really have such a great pilgrimage for this Lenten season and then celebrate the Feast of St. Joseph as well. So what a treat. We've just got a couple more minutes, Brother Anselm, but I want to mention another event that is happening. And a few times throughout the year, you've got the Christian in the World Series. You've got uh, Deacon Owen Cummings, who is an absolute treat for us in the Archdiocese to have him with us. But just a little bit about that Christian in the World Series for people to take part in. Yeah, so um, we have a series of lectures, uh, Christian in the World, 
And this series of lectures is being done by a great speaker, Deacon Owen Cummings, and it's centered on loving the church and loving the liturgy. It's a celebration of Vatican II, because uh, this is this is the anniversary of Vatican II. The last one will be on April 1st. I recommend this to everyone because this one will be, uh, Deacon Cummings will lead us in a reflection on Pope Francis's letter on the liturgy, Desiderio Desiderabe. Uh, that's a quote from the Gospel of Luke. I have greatly desired, those are Jesus's words, I have greatly desired to share this supper with you before I suffer. Mm. This supper before I suffer. Beautiful words. But that's all about God's desire for us expressed in the liturgy. God gives himself to us as bread and wine. That's his desire. So he's going to be talking on that April 1st. And uh, that will be the end of this series of Christian in the World. But it'll pick up again next semester. Right, right. Well, again, it's the Christian of the World series. I highly recommend it. It's a beautiful day, uh, like nine o'clock in the morning until noon. You can mm -hmm. bring a sack lunch. You can spend the day. I think it's $15 per day to come April 1st. All of the information is on the website. So, uh, brother, for all of these upcoming events, again, give us the best way for us to stay in touch with you. Social media, the website for the Mount Angel events. Yeah, so if you Google, if you just Google Mount Angel Institute, it should be the first first thing that comes up. Okay, and we'll make sure to have that information always at the Matre Day Radio website and their calendar as well. Brother Anselm, thank you so much for sharing with us a little bit of your Lenten journey, and we encourage our, our listeners to join you up at the hilltop during the season of Lent, and then, of course, during the time of Easter. Would you help us with uh, closing and offering a prayer for our listeners? Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty and merciful God, Thank you for the gift of your love and for the gift of your beloved Son, who we receive every Sunday at Eucharist. Send us your Holy Spirit, especially in this time of Lent, and convert our hearts so we may more love our neighbor and love you, and so spread your word throughout the whole world. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Brother Ansem. God bless you and the monks. And we'll look forward to talking with you uh, in the month of April. Yes, thank you. And it is 826 here at Amater Day Radio. Well, you can also find information about that beautiful St. Joseph concert. On the community calendar, Mater Day Radio has such a great library of events happening throughout the area. Some wonderful events you can do this Lenten season. You're also going to have great access to that community calendar on the Hail Mary Media app. In fact, if you open up the community calendar, plug your phone into your car, there's an integrated map system. It's going to get right to where you need to be. It is the community calendar. More details at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Monterey Radio's Leadership Circle connects through all source communications. 
Is a technology upgrade in your company's future? AllSource Communications is an independent local telecom brokerage specializing in internet and phone systems. Connect today at allsourcecommunications.com. That's allsourcecommunications.com or call 503-967-4887 for AllSource Communications, connecting Monterey Radio's leadership circle. What do the famous Batmobile, Lovebug, and Mystery Machine have in common? They were all given to Monterey Radio's vehicle donation program. Well, not really, but they could have been, and you could do the same. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you no longer need, consider donating it to Monterey Radio. It's quick and easy, and a likely tax deduction for you. And you'll be supporting uplifting Catholic radio programs. Information on our website at MonterreyRadio.com. The Morning Blend, brewed in the Pacific Northwest, guaranteed fresh every day on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Well, one clock says 727, <laughs> one says 827. I'm going with the latter, 827 at Mater Day Radio. And just ahead, they're celebrating at the Vatican 10 years of Pope Francis. More details ahead. And Pope Francis says for people who are looking for an oasis, an oasis look no further than the church. We'll have that story for you coming up in three minutes. Here is the thirsting and dreams. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. If you're lost inside a dream and stuck in in between, waiting for the answers to your life, and if you're searching for a sign, and you're down to your last dime, you're hoping for more time to make it right. Well, every road takes a bend, and every tree sways in the wind. The journey is the end where it begins, and you will fly high tonight. You will fly
And that is The Thirsting and Dreams. Day 31 right here at Mater Day Radio. And in your news, Pope Francis is marking 10 years as head of the Roman Catholic Church today, celebrating Mass with Cardinals in the Chapel of the Vatican's Santa Marta Hotel, where he's lived since his election. The Argentina-born Francis, 86, became the first Latin American pontiff on March 13th of 2013, succeeding Benedict XVI, who had first become Pope to resign in six centuries. It seems like yesterday, he said in a podcast by Vatican News broadcast earlier today, time flies when you gather up today and it's already tomorrow. When he recorded at his residence yesterday, he asked, what's a podcast, according to the Vatican News? When it was explained to the Holy Father, he said, nice, let's do it. The former Cardinal Jorge Mario Borgoglio has sought to project simplicity into the grand role and never took possession of the papal apartments in the apostolic palace used by his predecessors, saying he preferred to live in a community setting for his psychological health. And people are looking for an oasis in the Catholic Church from which to slake the thirst left by busyness, indifference, and commute. Consumerism, Pope Francis said on Sunday. The Pope's March 12th Angelus message, delivered from a window overlooking St. Peter's Square, focused on the story of Jesus' meeting with a Samaritan woman at the well, specifically his request to her to give me a drink. Pope Francis said this Sunday, the gospel presents us one of the most beautiful and fascinating encounter Jesus has. And he goes on to say to the more than 20,000 people gathered, Jesus' request for water to the Samaritan woman is an image of God's abasement. God abases himself in Jesus. God himself, one of us, he abased himself, thirsty like us. And he suffers our same thirst. Now, Pope Francis said, the words of Jesus, give me a drink, also teaches us about our obligation to help others in need, whether materially or emotionally. At least eight people were killed when two migrant smuggling boats capsized in shallow but treacherous surf amid heavy fog off the coast of San Diego, authorities said Sunday, marking one of the deadliest maritime human smuggling operations ever on U.S. shores. U.S. Coast Guard and San Diego Fire and Rescue crews pulled bodies of eight adults from the water, but fog hampered the search for additional victims. Recovery efforts resumed Sunday, but no additional bodies were found. The Coast Guard announced on Twitter that the search was suspended at 3.30. Survivors may have escaped by land. Well, the 95th Academy Awards were held last night, and everything, everywhere, all at one once took home the big awards, including Best Picture, Best Actress in a Leading Role for Michelle Yeoh, Best Supporting Actor for Ki Hui Kwan, and Jamie Lee Curtis for Best Supporting Actress. Now, Brandon Fraser took top honors for Best Actor in his role in The Whale. Portland, Oregon was mentioned in the acceptance speech from Guillermo del Toro in his win for Best Animated Feature Film, Pinocchio. 
Now, Portland Connection, thanks to Shadow Machine, a production studio with headquarters in California that also has a location in Portland. Now, much of the work on the film was done at the Portland studio. Now, fan favorite was Top Gun Maverick and was credited by host Jimmy Kimmel as the movie that saved the movies as its release date was stalled two years due to the pandemic, took home the award for best sound production. It was a bit of a, a reunion, too, for some of the actors. You know, actor Ki Hui Kwan, who was Best Supporting Actor for Everything Everywhere All at Once, gave a big hug to Harrison Ford, who was the presenter for the Best Movie uh, at the end of the night. Of course, wow. people might remember that Harrison Ford in his role as Indiana Jones in the second installment of that Temple of Doom, Ki Hui Kwan, was the young boy sure. in that. And also friends, uh, Brandon Fraser and the same actor, uh, Key, they both starred in uh, Encino Man together. <laughs> <laughs> so it was quite a good time. Where was Polly Shore? Huh? They said that he might be feeling pretty sad that day. Well, the Interstate Bridge Replacement Program will study the possibility of building a new drawbridge over the Columbia River, program officials said Friday. Now, the movable span option, which came at the request of the Coast Guard and federal government, will be explored in addition to the program's original plan of a fixed span bridge with 116 feet of vertical clearance. The program will study both a lift span, like the current Interstate I-5 bridge, and a bascule bridge, like the Burnside Bridge in Portland. Now, program administrator Greg Johnson said he believes a fixed span bridge will ultimately end up spanning the Columbia. He said a movable span bridge would likely cost about $500 million more than a fixed span bridge and noted that Columbia River Crossing Project already received a record of decision from the Federal Highway Administration and Federal Transportation Agency for that fixed span bridge. Now, I did have to do a little bit of research, uh, Patrick, because I wasn't quite sure the difference between a drawbridge and a bascule bridge. So a drawbridge is exactly what it sounds. The cables draw it up. Mm-hmm. Right. And a bascule bridge counterweight. Right. That, that yeah. lifts a, a section of it. So, see, I, I learn something every single day. And if you if you go down on the Willamette, you can you can see that every day here in Portland. And there's there's also those other bridges that turn oh, on the pedestal okay. kind of sideways. And then the boats can pass through and then it it turns back. I don't think that would be a very good option, though. No, I don't, I don't think, think so. any bridge that goes up and down and stops traffic in the middle of rush hour is a good option at all. But we'll see. Well, in sports, speaking of spans, how about that span of Alex Fowler and the Portland Pilots? They held a big watch party on the bluff yesterday and learned that they will open the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament Saturday at Pauley Pavilion in Los Angeles against Oklahoma. The Pilots will carry the number 12 seed versus the Sooners 5 seed, and the winner will face either number 4 UCLA or number 13 Sacramento State next Monday, March 20th. 
This is the Pilots' fifth trip to the Big Dance and their first NCAA women's basketball tournament appearance in 26 years. Portland earned a bid in 2020, but the tournament was canceled that year due to the pandemic. UT, or UP played in four consecutive tournaments from 1994 to 1997. Portland has never won an NCAA tournament game. I hope this is the year they start. Is it the year? Could be. Could be. Well, in addition to giving her life and service to God and the education of young people, Sister Jean Dolores Schmidt is a March Madness icon. In 1994, she became the chaplain for the Loyola University basketball team and has been a constant present at the team's practices, games, and events ever since. Now, Sister Jean gained national attention during the 2018 NCAA Men's Division I Basketball Tournament when her beloved Loyola Ramblers advanced to the Final Four for the first time in 55 years. Now, her faith and devotion captivated the hearts of basketball fans everywhere. Their newfound fame? Well, Sister Jean was able to share her Catholic faith with many. Now at 103 years old, Sister Jean continues to inspire through her newly published book titled Wake Up With Purpose, What I've Learned in My First 100 Years. And she has some (laughs) little gems and zingers uh, in that book. First, she says, I realize it's not easy for people to maintain belief, especially after someone they love dies. For those who respond to those situations by turning away from their faith, I would suggest that maybe they should give God a second date. As painful as it is to lose someone we love, it is our mission to trust that God has his reasons for calling them home. And lastly, she says, amen. Go Ramblers. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she is praying for them, I think, especially now, as you said, that Loyola did not make it to March Madness. No, they went into a new conference this year. So they they got, I believe, to the finals of the Atlantic 10, but didn't didn't quite get over the hump to get in. All right. Well, she's still with her guys, I'm sure, this morning. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Uh, Patrick, did you know there's a big holiday saint day coming up the end of this week hmm, i wonder what it is who could it be it's the day that everyone is irish of course it's saint patrick's day and on friday at 5 30 is a saint patrick's day dinner with irish echo at mayor's high school in eugene that's Join- a big one is that a big mm-hmm. one i'd love to hear that group join catholic community services of lane county for an evening of food music fun Helping our neighbors, this annual celebration brings together a community of supporters from churches, schools, and businesses, while the Irish Echo provides traditional Irish music. You can find details on tickets for that dinner by going to our community calendar, materdayradio.com, and of course, the Hail Mary media app. And just ahead, it's the second cup, Brenda, and... You know, I'm dragging a little bit this morning. I'm making a second cup right now. I need a lot of caffeine. We'll talk more about Daylight Savings Time just ahead on your second cup here at Mater Dei Radio. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. 
My name is Kate Oliveira, and I'm host of the podcast, The Pillar in Depth. There are two short prayers that I pray during each and every Mass. I don't know where I learned them, but I love them. As the priest raises the Holy Eucharist, I pray, Thank you, Jesus, for the joys of this day. May they bring me closer to you. As the priest raises the chalice, I pray, Thank you, Jesus, for the struggles of this day. May they bring me closer to you. And although I pray these two prayers each and every Mass, I find it really difficult to put them into practice in my day-to-day life. I'm the mother of two young children, so my days overflow with joys and struggles. I'm rarely grateful for those joys and struggles, and I rarely see how they can bring me closer to God. But there is a reason those prayers resonate with me. Perhaps God is asking me to bring him into more of my daily life. Not only the quiet minutes I carve out for prayer when the kids are both in bed for the night and the chores are complete, but the moment my baby with a crooked smile offers me one of her precious blueberries at the dinner table, or during one of my toddler's mid-afternoon tantrums when I can feel totally helpless and alone. To be in relationship with someone, to be in relationship with God, is to share it all. The good, the bad, the joys, the struggles. So thank you, Jesus, for the joys of this day, for the struggles of this day. May they bring us closer to you. Amen. We encourage you to schedule a specific time in your day for silence. Whatever you need to do, wherever you need to go, to give space to listen for the Lord. This is Archbishop Alexander Sample of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, inviting you to join me for the Voice of the Shepherd. I always look forward to our time together to discuss issues that matter most to our families and to the church. Catch the Voice of the Shepherd with Portland Archbishop Alexander Sample and me, Dina Marie, your host, each Tuesday night at 7.30, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, and Sunday morning at 7.30 on Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. 845 at Mater Dei Radio and weather, well, in a word, rain. Cloudy with periods of rain, high this afternoon up to 47, which means we're actually going to go down in temperature. Chance of rain 100%. Rainfall could reach up to an inch in some spots. Shower early this evening, then cloudy overnight, low about 36. Chance of rain 30% overnight. Drying out tomorrow, we should see some sun in the morning, then increasing clouds in the afternoon. High tomorrow up to 52, so we're warming up a little bit. Right now, the rain is falling. It's 49 at St. Boniface in Sublimity. And it is 45 degrees at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Vancouver. Early to bed, early to rise Makes a man healthy, wealthy and wise But daylight savings is a crying shame And old Ben Franklin is the one to blame Straight forward uh, now, see, if you're feeling... Sounds like Schoolhouse Rock, doesn't Right? It? If you're feeling a little tired this morning, that's <laughs> sure to get your toes tapping. Uh, did you remember on Saturday night to set your clock spring ahead? I did. Okay. I had them all ready to go Sunday morning, and then I, I promptly overslept. Yeah. Say, they, they do easy you into that, because unless there is a requirement for work, if, maybe people go to that early morning mass, but... 
It's really on Monday morning, I think, when people get back to their routine of going to school and going to work. That's when you really hit the wall, I think, and go, whoa. See, I go to the early morning mass on Sundays. I go to the very early morning mass, and I couldn't do it Sunday. So I I wound up going to a 1045 at a different parish over at St. Cecilia. And uh, it was, you know, wonderful to go. But uh, that, yeah, I'm usually like... I'm usually out of mass by nine. Yeah, so. for sure. So we, uh, I, I didn't notice it too much again, like like you on s- Sunday, because you know if I have to get up at uh, six o'clock instead of seven o'clock to get to early morning mass, you know, it doesn't it's, that's sleeping in for me. Right? <laughs> it's not until this morning's alarm went off that I went, whoa, it's early. So we thought we'd spend a little time today talking about daylight. Savings. Time. Okay, let me get a little espresso. Okay, okay get, ready. ready. We, we need a second <laughs> cup for sure. Well, here's the first thing. It's called daylight saving time, not daylight savings. Oh, time. Isn't that interesting? I didn't realize here's that. There's no say. S. Okay. While it's common to hear people say daylight savings time or daylight savings, the correct term has no S. It's daylight saving time, and there's a grammatical reason for that. Keeping saving a singular. You can think of it this way. What are you going to do during this time? Save time. You're saving daylight. But you can't save time. No, you're not saving time. No. You're saving daylight. <laughs> That's okay. what they say. You're saving daylight. That's the term daylight saving time. Okay. That's what we said. Uh, so that's the first thing. So make sure that you uh, say it correctly. Just like when you said you're going to get your espresso. It's not espresso, Patrick, right? That's one of my pet peeves. You got to say it correctly. You said espresso. Okay, okay. You did say Ooh, espresso. I was worried there. No, okay. no, no. But All right. how many you he- I hear that. Yes. I, I don't know why. Anyway, uh, next, you know, we just heard in the little uh, jingle opening about Ben Franklin. Do you know that it was not Ben Franklin who suggested daylight saving time? No. Listen to this. Okay, so this comes from AARP, your favorite website, Patrick. (laughs) (laughs) It says here that the biggest misconception is that it was Ben Franklin's idea, says Peter Geiger, editor of Farmer's Almanac. He said, while Franklin is often credited with inventing the concept of daylight saving time, as we know it, he merely suggested that Parisians should wake up earlier to save money on lamp oil and candles in a satirical essay published in 1784. So we're all suffering for a satirical essay written in 1784? That's it. <sighs> That's what we're thinking for. <laughs> well, and according to uh, Peter Geiger, also, it it's not implemented for farmers. That was the other thing, because we needed a farm because uh, of planting and, and work that we needed to shift the clock so that way that it was daylight longer. The, he says the practice originated to benefit farmers. Now, that is, in fact, not correct. The agricultural industry lobbied against daylight savings time after it was introduced in the United States. Many farmers continue to oppose the practice, which can disrupt farm work. For example, dairy cows expect to be milked at the same hour every day, regardless of what the clock says. So we're actually hurting the farmers. We're hurting the poor and cows. The, and this is and the, the editor of the Farmer's Almanac, which I am amazed by at how accurate the Farmer's Almanac always is. I'm I'm a big believer in yes. it. Yes. 
So it's I, not yeah, the farmers wow. either. Wow. Okay. And, this is enlightening. And this, is this yes. interesting? Well, here's some more information. <laughs> here's who maybe we might be able to thank more. It turns out that Germany was the first country to implement daylight savings. <laughs> now, it was introduced, this is what's quite interesting, 1916. 1916 is when they did that, and it was during World War I. Right. And the United States adopted that practice in 1918, but it wasn't standardized across the U.S. until 1966. So it was just kind of a practice, I think, that slowly caught on, and then they said, all right, 1966, we're going to standardize this. Here's the begin date. Here's the end date. So I will okay. tell you, my German grandparents did not observe. They never changed the time. They lived in that section of Indiana that never changed. Did they? You know, so in 1966, this little section, German section of Indiana said, we're not doing it. Is that and still then you the tell case? me it started in Germany. It's still the case. Okay. Yeah, there's that section of, of uh, Western Indiana that does not change time. time. All right. Well, they're not alone because Hawaii joins them and oh. not changing the time. Of course, also we know Arizona. Right. They do not change their time either. Guam, American Samoa, Puerto Rico, and the Virgin Islands. Huh. They stay on standard time. They're on to something. All year long. So there you go. So there's just a little bit of information. And of course, Patrick, I did do another quick lookup. It looks like during daylight saving time, there's a 2% increase in these first few weeks of car accidents. Whoa. Okay. Be yeah. careful out so, there. So make sure you're wide awake and make sure you're listening to the morning blend because how can you possibly fall asleep behind the wheel and listening to the glory of our Catholic faith? We hope you enjoyed today's second cup. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Greetings and blessings to all of you listening to Mater Day Radio. Join me, Father Gabriel Mosier, and other listeners of Mater Day Radio as we pray the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. Do you want to live a truly authentic Catholic life? This is Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, and Monday nights at 7.30, Ken Hellenius and I team up for Living Stones. This dynamic weekly show will help you deepen your relationship with Christ and His Church with practical ways that you can grow in faith, participate more fully in the liturgy, and practice charity towards all. 
Join us for Living Stones, Monday nights at 7.30 on Modern Day E-Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda, a double shot to start the day on Modern Day Radio. 854 at Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Be careful, there's some standing water on the bridge. Cloudy with periods of rain today, high of 47. Chance of rain at 100% and the rainfall could reach an inch. Rain should end tonight though and tomorrow we may go all the way up to 52. Right now it's 49 in the Rose City. And closing out our show today, here is Matthias Michael, Amplified. We are the Morning Blend right here at Monster Day Radio, bridge between your faith and everyday life. Oh, my friends, we are called all for one and one for all to mend a broken street.
That's Matthias Michael and Amplified on Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Hey, we we made it through a Monday. <laughs> oh, we made it through the first Monday of daylight saving time. So, uh, I didn't to... think I could do it. I'm ready for a nap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got through it. That's that second cup. That second cup will always give you that little bit of boost that you need. Of course, the sun's up, and that helps out quite a bit, too, even through the clouds. It's and so be... does the coffee. That helps a lot. <laughs> well, Patrick, thanks so much for joining us today. So much fun. Why don't you come back tomorrow? You got a deal. All right. Sounds See you good. back here at 7. That is going to wrap it up for us on the morning. Blend. Living Stones is coming up this evening Ooh, at 7.30. Hope you have a very blessed day.